Oh no, the Canadians are coming. Chris, John and Irish Ashley combine to make the ultimate team better than any wet dream. Welcome to the Untitled Twitch stream. John's the CEO and Boomer. Ashley's the real leader. Chris brings the vibes and juices as our enjoyment increases. Welcome to the Untitled Twitch stream. Is anyone muted? No, I don't think we oh. are. But we're uh, we're down our guests, so who knows where they are. Oh my god, they I summoned them. That was amazing. Literally as you said it. <laughs> Hi Abigailia, that was amazing. I just said, I wonder where our guest is, and then you popped up. Oh wow. Well <laughs> I do my best. You certainly do. Uh how is everyone doing? I just had a big confrontation with my landlord, so I am on an ecstasy like high. Oh, did you, like, can we have details? Did I miss the details? What happened? Tell me everything. Where'd you get that wine? That was amazing. Uh, I will tell you everything right now. I have bed bugs in my apartment. I'm currently not staying at my apartment. I'm at my Japanese friend's house. And <laughs> um, I, uh, I basically said to the building manager yesterday, I was like, you're reimbursing me for this most recent cleaning costs and I'm not paying rent this month. And she was like, I don't know. If we can do that. Anyway, turns out I have a friend who is a in a legal field. Might be my Japanese friend. That might mean something <laughs> different. We'll never know. Um, and she looked up and basically was me having bed bugs and them not fixing it counts as constructive eviction, which they can't charge me for. And in the middle of the call, he was like, well, listen, pandemic, you know, we need all the money we can get. And I was like, I paid my rent every month of the pandemic. This counts as constructive eviction. Um, I'm not budging. This isn't a negotiation. This is what I'm going to need. I haven't told any of the other tenants. I haven't put it on social media. That's all I'm going to say. And then he was like, let me go talk to some people. I got to go figure some stuff out. And I'm like, <laughs> understood. It was, but I like literally like, I could tell my voice was confident, but then I took one of the like, like I took a fiery shit immediately after, like my guts were like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, if only he knew you were so weak. <laughs> yeah, your body is taking all of the stress. <laughs> I am exactly. so proud of you, though, for standing up to your landlord. Because so, first of all, I knock on wood, have never had bed bugs, but I know people whose like lives were ruined in New York because of bed bugs. This like, is the thing: is do you know why New York and America has such a bed bug problem now? Uh, no, do tell me. America, New York specifically, but America in general and the world in general got too good at killing cockroaches. And the only predator of the bed bug is the cockroach. No. Is that, is that what cockroaches are for? Don't I've fuck been, with the ecosystem. I've been, I need to just be clear. I've been told that by one guy. One guy told me this piece <laughs> okay. of information. And so it might not be true, but I choose to believe it's true. And I believe it 110%. Absolutely. You're giving it the extra 10%? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it makes sense if you think about it, but not for too long or too hard. Like that, you know, that is second glass of wine. Perfect. Oh. Makes sense to me, you know. Uh, uh, thank you, the Sarah Kay, for subscribing two months in a row. So it's amazing. Thank you thank so much, you. Sarah Kay. Muchly appreciated. Um, yeah, thank you so much. It's one of those things I'm working on in this year of... Um, 
I have a, a complex, A, I have a catastrophe. I also have a complex conflict that I'm like a wuss and I never stand up for myself, which don't worry, we're working on therapy. But it's one of those actual <laughs> things is movies I think you just... and the perception Sorry. of how a man is supposed to stand up for himself warps your brain because we're literally taught like how you stand up for yourself is you kill his family. And you're like, but this doesn't warrant <laughs> the murder of a family. This is just an administrative task. And it's like this whole thing of like all of that sort of culture is like, it's very douchey and it's one of those things where it's like i don't want to be one of those people and i also believe in passivity and everyone doing their job but here's the problem ashley you're younger than abigalaya and i you're not jaded of the world here's the thing that oh. will disappoint you <laughs> moving I, forward I, okay. every year you become more and more aware how stupid adults are on average and that is a heartbreaking revelation yeah I, but then I mean, again, I, I know I'm younger than you, but I do feel like I have a grasp of that already. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Abigail, ask Ashley how she broke her jaw. Just ask her. Just ask her. <laughs> Ashley, first of all, is it broken right now? Is this no. a new thing? Okay. <laughs> Ashley, how did you break your jaw? Well, <laughs> I was 11 years old. My jaw Great. had to be broken because it wasn't growing properly. And so I was given a brace across the top of my face, uh, like jaw, internal jaw. So wind. my top jaw, not my bottom jaw, had to be broken. And so <laughs> this brace was put into the inside of my jaw. My mother had to put a key into my mouth, twist the key, and my whole skull cracked. Did you have an underbite? I had an underbite, yeah. <laughs> That's your follow-up question? <laughs> yeah, just trying traumatized to be, by this I'm story. I'm just trying to figure out, like, why why a group of adults, uh, a, a mother who would love their child unconditionally, and so, a series of educated doctors gets, would be like, hey let's uh let's uh abuse this 11 year old and that's I how assume, you break a person's face get loads of bullying in school did you have to wear like headgear and no it wasn't it, gets... it wasn't anything external it was just a like a bar across the inside of my jaw across the top of my gum so this wasn't like one like the doctor went in and broke it and opened no, it no i had and it in for a year so your yeah. your mother is going in there with a key and just every what couple months just like twisting for the, like for the is, first this... month pushing it out each night and then for the rest of the the next year it's like being held in place. I feel like this is like a medieval torture device. You're missing a detail. There's one <laughs> detail the you're detail? missing. <laughs> Ashley, this makes it even more horrifying. What did your mother know, Ashley? My mother did not know my skull was going to crack. Um, the orthodontist did. And she ate him for it. And he said, if you had known, would you have been able to do it? <laughs> so your mother was at home with a key. And I assume there's a noise when it's yeah. turned. Is there a popping oh, of your yeah. bone? There's yeah, like it sounds a very similar to a eight-year-old screaming. <laughs> and did, is this horribly painful? I can't believe we're talking about this again. It's horribly painful. <laughs> and, and the doctor was like, "You know what? Best not warn them in advance. Let's just traumatize yeah. both of them." You As would I be see, amazed how much medical professionals do that. They won't tell you what 
what's going to happen because they know they'll freak you out. Listen, my dad was a doctor and I'll tell you, they are sick fucks. Um, (laughs) They are incredibly damaged people. Uh, all and, and hashtag all doctors. Uh, I, I, I'm going to say all doctors, every single one of them. Uh, Abigail, if you want to make blanket scape statements about a group of people, you are in the right place. I have yeah. really called out some organizations. Oh yeah, based all on doctors. experience with one guy. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. by the way, well, no, like percent right. I grew up a, like like when I say my dad was a, because of the way life works when you grow up in a small town. I grew up around all the doctors. Like I know mm-hmm. all of like I grew up around all of them are alcoholics. Uh, they they drink too much. Uh, they have horrible what? health practices themselves. Listen, in the growing up in the nineties, early two thousands in Greenville, mm. Ohio, the least healthy person was my GP in the whole town. <laughs> Just loved his cigars, loved his. His his wine and his spirits. He had, how old did he uh, die at? Is he dead? I assume he's, he's dead still the way alive. He's still alive. He's had two or three heart surgeries by now. Um, yeah. He's retired now. Like you oh, know, I mean, his name. Well, I won't say his name, but um, it's a good name. I wish I could. <laughs> um, uh, but he he he's one of those guys who I think his background's Italian, so he's just meant to like. He looked like an a dawn, like he wore gold thing, gold rings on every finger. I, my my, was my doctor was dawn from the Sopranos. Or... His, his name first dawn? name, his first name was Emil. I'll, I'll tell you that. Emil, much. Emil, and I, I we called him by his first name. His name was Doctor Emil. He lived in my neighborhood. Uh, yeah, doctors are horrible people. And and to go to prove this point. Uh, when my dad was a in medical school, um, they used to, you know, in med school, you dissect a cadaver like a human mm-hmm. body and it's illegal to own human remains. And my dad always had growing up like the top of a skull cap. Have I ever I haven't told this on this story. Just the I top, just this part, <laughs> so not the face of the skull, just this part. And, um, he, and I, one time I asked him how he got it and he was like, oh, I took it from the med school, uh, you know, the, the, off the cadaver. And then he got real coy and he's like, it wasn't a skull when I took it. Cause you're not allowed to take human remains out of the lab. So they snuck them out. And when they sneak them out, they're still covered in human stuff. So my dad took a human skull. He took vertebrae. He took a whole hand and he put them in a pot to boil all the flesh off of them. And he tried to get the hand to like stand up straight and flip the bird. This is in med school. So boys will be boys. And that didn't work. He, by the time I came around, the vertebrae were lost to antiquity, but he used to use the human vertebrae as candle holders. And now I own the human skull. That's what I got when my dad died. I asked for the human oh skull. Oh my God. I'm never going to a doctor again. I'm yeah. never going to a doctor again. <laughs> they're like, they're, they're, yeah, they're weird so people. That's absolute insanity. I want you to know, by the way, if you Google doctor uh, email uh, Greenville, Ohio, it asks you, did you mean doctor email? Greenville, Ohio, and I clicked that, and then it asked, "Did you want Bill Maher, Greenville, Ohio?" And I was like, "We have really taken a weird turn." Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh my days! That is that is Steve so terrifying. Is leaving, and I agree with him. Um, <laughs> yep. Good to meet you, someone, Steve. Oh my. Sorry about that. Someone's gonna end up. <laughs> 
This is That's a collector's item. There is, well, because wasn't there? Mind, I had to take there was a the bone out of my body and screw in screws and nails, and I think they then put it back. Like, like they were like, yeah, no, like we reach in and move stuff. Then your muscles be in like this weird. And I was like, you move stuff. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Well, I mean, when women have a C-section, they like take out your full intestines and then mm-hmm. put they them back them to in. The side and put it back in. I wonder. No, sometimes they, they fully remove them. Oh, put yeah. them on the table, and then put them back in when they're done. <laughs> I am aware. I'm not going to get into the details, but I saw a photograph <laughs> of someone's C-section mid, like the baby was being lifted out, and it was just nope. It looked like a meat display. Oh. Yeah, yeah. That's All right. Awful. Before we That's before we awful. talk more, yeah, it's pretty awful. I uh, uh so my dad was an eye surgeon and I got to watch nope. him do eye surgery a couple times. <laughs> John and, is okay. out of here. <laughs> I won't, no. I won't, okay, I won't explain what no, no. I saw. Keep going, I but I'm okay. react. No, no, keep going. We okay. have to make okay. content. But be your okay. way, I'm gonna full throw up. Like it's okay. Like so I've watched uh two eye surgeries in my life, uh two types. Oh I've seen the blepharoplasty. No, no, I've seen, so, I've seen, I've seen, so the, the two main surgeries that are given, oh, I've seen LASIK, but that's not nothing fancy, but I've gotten to fire the laser, um, but, uh, but not in anyone's eye, but uh, okay. a blepharoplasty <laughs> is like, basically Put when people talk about, your fucking glass. No, 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 so, no. Like as you age, uh, fatty deposits build up here just above the eyelid. Okay. Yeah. And brown. And and what happens is it starts to like droop your eyelids. So what they'll do is they'll they'll it's basically a cosmetic surgery. They'll cut it open. They'll they'll what's it called? Put the anesthetic needle there so it doesn't hurt. And then they'll push out the fat. And then they pull it out and they cut it. <laughs> and then they take a cauterizer, which is like a little pin with. We know what like, a cauterizer like is. A... For the love okay, of God, cool. we know what a cauterizer is. Okay. You monstrous <laughs> moment. And, and, you devil. And they, uh, and, uh, and they like stop. Abigail is making a Q tip in the ear like motion, but towards her upper eyelid. Yeah. And yeah. I, I'm demoting. She's going from pre- like good friend. To friend, we had a very uh, in, like mind melting experience together. We bumped her up to very good friends, yeah, which we can talk about. I don't know Abigail's uh, comfort level with that, but because you just made me imagine the eyelid opening up like a envelope. Yeah, do you know those yeah. little bags? Abigail might know this. You know when you used to buy weed in high school and it would come in those like little tiny bags, and the only way to like the tiny Ziploc bags, and the only way to open them is to rub them between your two fingers and they would kind of go Gleh. that's what i'm picking is the eyelid is going like this Gleh. well it's not the eyelid it's it's the bit above the eyelid but they like cut a little and then they push it out someone said like like popping a zit it's not that extreme but yeah they just kind of press on it and then the fat comes out do you think and then that they'll the doctor take some tweezers and pull the fat and cut it do you think the doctor ever got he ever got fat under his fingernails well uh, he wore, oh. he wore, he's wearing gloves. He wore gloves. But now he I have that gloves. image. What if, the gl- what, if, also, what if the gloves got pierced mid procedure? Oh no, that'd be awful. Well, the 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 um patient is under anesthesia, 
but um but they're not completely under they're slightly awake so one time i was watching my dad do a cataract surgery which we can explain if you need oh and, please um, and the anesthesiologist like there was kind of like a quiet moment and this anesthesiologist was like Hey, has anyone seen any good movies? And the patient who's completely covered up besides having one eye just like pried open by one of those opening things so my dad could get to the inner part. She just goes, the green mile was really good. <laughs> <laughs> this is obviously when the green mile just came out. It shows my age. Oh, very... But, uh, but so I yeah. Had... I had septum surgery that didn't work and it was a local anesthetic. And what it was is my septum was too strongly into my skull and I was completely numb in the face, but I'm a redhead. So anesthesia wears off much quicker on me mm -hmm. on a genetic level and my pain threshold is much higher. And they basically had to burn through the tissue to get it to move so they could reset it. And the anesthesia wore off mid tug. Um, and, um, You've never known, uh, you've never known hell quite like feeling the tugging on your own skull <clears throat> by a doctor. <sighs> and then also the surgery didn't work. And I was going in to have a meeting to scream at this guy and get it rescheduled for free. And COVID hit. And I haven't been able to do that since. That's oh. horrific. But you don't know the how weird it is to to smell burning flesh and know it's your own body. Like to be like, yeah. that's me. Also, there you was a screen right in my eye view, which was the inside of my skull. Like I could you... see all the blood, and they were like scraping, and I could <gasps> feel it, but you don't have any pain. I'm sorry, you thought my story was bad. They, you know what's the weird thing though, John, about burning <laughs> flashes? Go ahead. Uh, yeah, have your you stories worse, uh, by the way, Ashley? Go ahead. Have you that. ever have you ever smelled oh. burning flesh, Amanda? Ashley. <laughs> Ashley, who's Amanda? Who is I Amanda? understand where it came from. It's because her Twitter handle is Amen uh, Comedian. Okay, her name's Ashley Manica. So Ashley Manica. So I, uh, I was just like Sorry about that, Ashley. I know I your name love is the Ashley. I love the casualness in which you said, isn't that, isn't that right, Amanda? <laughs> you had so much confidence. Oh. Um, also, I this hate is myself. The, but this but is have you... Americans and British people is you just were like, yep, sorry, and you moved on. A British person would be looking for timber and a cross to erect, oh, no, to, cru no. yeah, to crucify themselves <laughs> in liberty um, of freaking gaff. What was the question? Have I ever... Smell burning, burning flesh, flesh, Ashley Manning. Um, I don't think I have actually. I've smelled burning hair. Okay, what I like the thing is, is I I've not smelled it very often, but I have smelled it. And once you do, it's like you it hits your nose, and you're like, oh, that's a burning, that's burning flesh. Like you just know immediately. Like uh -oh. I don't know, did you find that, John, when you had your uh? when you could smell your own flesh were you like yeah that's definitely flat like i know what that is yeah like it was like a smell like i was like i went is that and i went yeah that's my body my body is burnt like it's such a weird sensation and also you have to repress the like feeling to like well i should get out of here because your brain yeah. has got hardwiring of like you run from that smell someone's mm. cooking and eating people you're a person yeah. you're next let's stop talking about this subject before i bite off my own dick and eat it to feel something yeah. better than the thoughts I'm having right now. And yeah, my apartment looks very <laughs> different than when I last was there. And when I was last there, 
I was I allegedly in. Oh, that makes the most sense. What do you? Do you no longer live in the area you lived in? You lived in a different area now. I live uh, like a twenty-minute walk from where I lived before. We just moved in the middle of the pandemic because we were like, if we stay in a one-bedroom flat with no other room, we'll kill us each other. So we moved to a slightly bigger place, and now we have an extra room that one, one of us can sit in and stew in when we're mad at the other one. <laughs> now, what happens? Do you basically just you just built a stew room? Basically, just go sit in there and think about, think about your thoughts for this argument. Well, technically, my office is in there, so that's uh, Tom thinks I'm working, but really, at the end of the day, I'm just scrolling Twitter and thinking like. You know, How long have you and Tom been together? Because I always think it's been like two years, but that's impossible because I was living in England when you guys started dating, and that was almost three years ago. Yeah, so seven years. Um, oh, shit. I, I met Tom, like, I basically came here mid-July, dropped my stuff off, went to the Edinburgh Fringe, came back in September, two weeks later found the flat that you have been in, and met Tom that night and we've been together ever since. So like I, I mean, basically shagged my way through New York and showed up in London and was like, I'm going to get myself one of those long-term boyfriends. And I, remember, I nailed it right away. I remember in Australia, we were going through New York based human beings and you were putting them into two columns, which I, I laugh at to this day. It was I just the way you were doing it. It was so like flippant of just like, Oh yeah. Hit. Eh, eh. It was. I. Do you remember we were on the like? It was. That I have same no night. memory of that, but it sounds like something I do. It is. If it I is. now am honest, I remember. Here is where we were. We had just come back. Do you remember when we came back from the Molly Duker Estates in Adelaide, Australia? It oh was my at god! That conversation when I, I drank. <laughs> Ashley, this is how drunk I was. That was I a picked time up a beer. according to the last beer. This is how I drank it. I literally. I thought my face was right. I was so drunk that I just literally poured a beer on my lap, put it on the table, and then just, can I have another beer? And then brought me another. We were. We brought you another beer after that. Yeah, we party. Okay. So, so that, so I have no, okay. I remember coming back. We need, let's get, let's, let's set the stage for what we did. So, okay. Um, Abigail and I, the last time I was in, uh, second to the last time I was in Australia in 2018, when I was living on the road and I did the Adelaide Fringe Festival, Abigail was doing Best of the Edinburgh Fest and we were sharing a producer, so we were staying in the same hotel. Yes. One of the perks is comedian Jimmy McGee always tries, always loves a wine tour. So he was like, let's all go on a group wine tour producer. Producer very nicely paid for everything. Jimmy and another comedian who has uh, two names and one initial and might be famous stayed up really late getting hammered drunk. Thank you, Kimmersby. It finally came through. Thank you, Kimmersby. Your subscription finally came through. Thank you for subscribing to the Trogies. They stayed up very late getting drunk. So I woke up. We had to get up at 8 a.m. We were delayed leaving to go on the wine tour. Do you remember why, Abigailia? Because Jimmy, you found Jimmy, I think, in a pile in your apartment, and you had to yes. pour water on him to wake him up. And yes. oh, by the way, all Jimmy was looking forward to this entire time we were in Australia was the wine tour. He yes. was so excited, and then he nearly 
like you could hardly drag him out of we could hardly flat, drag him out. Right? i had to go get stephen k amos to come with me because stephen k amos hung over but it was like i'm ready to go he has to come stephen k amos got <laughs> went to room service we got a bunch of pictures of ice water dumped them on him he yelled at us we yelled at him he got in the van in the same clothes legend alert fell asleep on the back seat we then drive an hour and a half to a winery to go on a wine tour and then what happened abigalaya then what happened we got so hammered at the wine tour because um it turns out that if your fancy producer pays for it all and you just wave your glass around they'll refill it whether you've tasted it or not and and for some reason they their chef was different so usually what they do at the end of the wine tour is you get like the biggest starchiest meal because i've done these tours before and it's like slabs of meat and pasta and like basically they're like we need to sober you up before you leave the property that day because it was so hot or something they only served salads i was a vegan at the time so the only thing we could eat was like unseasoned kale and spinach salad with tomato nothing else and then i smoked mad weed and i oh yeah we got like we got high and i was not smoking at the time so I was literally like, I at that time hadn't learned how to drink without smoking. So this is what I was literally doing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Another and um, and we were oh my god! It was and then we went back to see. This is where I think I probably told you uh, all of my little New York sexcapades because I <laughs> I remember getting back to the hotel we got in trouble with our bus driver because we spilt wine all over the not place. we not we the fiance of, of a another very famous, famous comedian. comedian in australia spilled a yeah. bunch of wine and yeah. i was very drunk and i remember getting off the bus and was like someone's gonna need to do something about this and i loudly went someone is not me someone who is responsible <laughs> should do something about this and then i and jimmy walked into the hotel and started ordering cocktails and i, I remember because i got a sam i was like i need some food and i need some drink and then see, you're smart because what I did, I think see, this is where I get hazy is I assume I told you everyone I've slept with. And then I decided it would be a very good idea to go into town and leave the safety of the hotel to allegedly buy some weed. I may have allegedly saw some friends at the bar that I was picking up and I have no memory. Okay. Past that. So no, here's no memory. Crazier. So we get back. This is how I remember this. So I get back. We get back. We're sitting outside. I go to take a call from my at the time girlfriend, later wife, now ex-wife. I take a call. I evidently talked to her in the middle of the conversation. I just went, you can keep talking, but you need to know I blacked out about five minutes ago. And she went, what? And I was like, I'm in a full blackout. I don't remember any of this. It's like, you should go to bed. And I was like, yeah, whatever you say. And then I hung up the phone, woke up <laughs> hours later, just all, diagonal on my bed, Jimmy and someone else came back and were needing the apartment needing the flat shall we say (laughs) so i leave go back down when i got back down it's nighttime that's when you left to go get because i remember you i came back and you went since john's back i'm gonna go purchase some stuff and then you left and then i sat down and here's the craziest part our producer mary tobin had been drinking as much as anyone fine she was totally yeah. fine. It she's was. A, she's a legend. Like I came down. She's like, John, where have you been? And I was like, I've been asleep for three hours. And she's like, do you need anything? And I was like, I would like a beer and a hamburger. And that's when I stopped being vegan <laughs> and I got a beer and it felt so good. 
And then I wandered the streets for two hours eating. And I ate a, I ate two ice cream sandwiches and sat on a bench and was like, I think I should start smoking again. And then went home, went back and got the, I've, have you ever been falling asleep knowing you'll wake up with a hangover and you start getting hungover as you're falling asleep? That's what happened uh, to this guy. Uh, that's yeah, terrible. no, I met some friends at at a bar and they were like i you know i was like i just came back from the wine tour and they're like you're hammered and i was like yes i am and i was like i'll have a drink with you guys and then i'm gonna go back to the hotel and and, and hang out with the cast and whatnot and then and then i remember waking up and i called my friend the next day and we went out to eat like in you know like late afternoon to get like a burger or something and we we're in a pub and i was like this place is lovely this is such a and she was like we were in here last night for five hours and i was like no idea no memory oh, of this shit. Place <laughs> yeah they've never gone on a wine tour again since and and i yeah and i'm like yeah i'm fine with that I feel like that that's the right that's thing to do. That's a sensible choice. <laughs> I mean, because the last time we went on a wine tour, I almost got us kicked out of the hotel because I was smoking We, I mean, allegedly, myself mm. and the producer of Late and Live. So the last time we did it, we went on the wine tour and midway we got back and someone who may or may not have been Carl Donnelly decided we were going to have Bloody Marys in the hot tub. So we got back, made Bloody Marys, and then I was so drunk, I turned to who the person who used to produce light and live and was like, I got a bunch of weed in my freezer. Do you want to get super baked by the fountain? And, I, and she was like, yes, I do. So then we, I rolled a big bone. No, she did. She's very good at rolling joints. We stood by the fountain. We're getting super baked. This really nice woman walks up and went, I just saw your show two nights ago. You were so funny. Thank you so much. And I tell you all that because I own this hotel. And if you ever smoke weed in my courtyard again, I'm kicking everyone out, but we'll let it go this time. And I went, I don't really remember this, but apparently I just went, that's reasonable. That's very reasonable. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just finish this. Yep. You totally did, died. Cause did you go back to Australia after the year that you and I went together? Cause I haven't been back since. And are I, we still in the same hotel? Cause I feel like. We absolutely I, are because of someone else's behavior at that hotel has always been crazy. Like there's one comedian that's been brought back a lot and like things like pissed on a hotel room door um somehow yeah. shit on do the rim of know... his toilet you do not get to know audience no, private but chat I can... wise. yeah oh yeah, yeah that's, that's chat, what i meant oh, of course <laughs> uh is it private chat yes it is there we go oh all right okay <laughs> yeah like um uh i have never done this because i i feel that's a rule i shouldn't break um anyway um yeah we're bulletproof at that hotel and it's also like that ho that so that time we were bulletproof because that staff member said all that crazy stuff to like two super famous comedians that were staying there do you remember I wrote that a strongly worded email afterwards and sent it to mary to send to, because i was so pissed and then and then that staff person said some really shitty stuff to some very famous people who we were with like like really not like racist like stuff. like like racist stuff and other stuff and it was like whoa and we were all trying to be very cool about it yeah and then they walked away and then they tried to have a threesome with the radio dj i'm saying this guy's name uh radio mm -hmm. dj greg burns and greg burns was like actually no i'm just gonna finish my wine and then that same <laughs> staff member called my hotel room where myself and Jimmy McGee were 
she first propositioned Jimmy he and he went absolutely not and then she apparently went well, what about the Canadian and he was like this on the phone and I was stood next to him and, he, and I was just like I was so angry looking and he went yes he's not pleased with you either and then she hung up the phone <laughs> yeah uh, and she also she got she got naked in the hot tub with the other comic who was on the tour with oh, us that yeah. drove everyone nuts. And he swore it didn't happen. He was like, "It didn't happen. It didn't happen." I wasn't naked. And and Greg was like, "Yes, he was because I was fucking there." Like, she, yeah, that was the she like... she skinny dipped in the hot tub with me. And the, the I, I'm not saying his name just because I don't like him very much and I might sh throw some shade otherwise. <laughs> it was this guy. Right? Are you typing it in the private chat? Of uh -huh. course. Oh, no, it wasn't him. I get along <gasps> with him really well. Uh, oh, it was goes. this guy. Yeah. I forgot he was there. If oh, it was, yeah. if it had been... If it was, oh, I will say this. Uh, so John thought it was uh, an, an Irish comic named Danny O'Brien, who was my flatmate while we were there. And may I say, I did not know Danny O'Brien very well before we went to Australia. Best flatmate I've ever had. At he's the, the reason why festival. I guess it, he's a he's a great guy, but he's yeah. a bit of a how you say shagger. Okay, here's okay. Here's what you need to know about Danny O'Brien as a shagger. First of all, he does not kiss and tell. Uh, uh, I like the next it's morning. Hard disagree. Hard, hard disagree. disagree. Okay, okay, fine. He, he fine. doesn't. He doesn't kiss and tell you, but like he, I. Okay. Like, okay, so I remember I'll, I'll once get that. being like, I had to say to him once, I'm like, I'm having breakfast. You know what I'm saying? It's one of those ones where it's like, listen, I enjoy a, a story as much as the next gal, but give me, you got to give me five minutes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, that's really shitty. Wait, are we yeah. talking? Oh, God, I'm sorry. Sorry, we're, no, now we're just in a group chat. We've got to stop but I will say, what we're was fine. nice? Let me get, let they me guess. are the used chat to the private chat. Yeah, the, the chat, chat is, is going insane, but they're used to it. Yeah. I uh, Okay, I will say this about Danny O'Brien as a flatmate during a festival. Because <laughs> he was a bit, he would have ladies to the flat. I rarely saw them. They retreated very quickly. And the next morning, I would wake up. And I'd just be lying in bed and I could hear Danny be like, yeah, it was nice meeting you. Okay, yeah. You Bye. Click. And the door would shut and, and the lady would leave. And then I'd hear a knock on my door and he'd be like, hey, you want some breakfast? And he would make me a full spread every morning. I was so morning. jealous of that. Like, like he, like I have never been so taken care of, of in my life, like by another <laughs> comic who I, who it, like is as a self-absorbed as me. Like I was not waking up and making him no. breakfast, but way, he, he would way he made, more self-absorbed. He cooked for me every day. And one day I wouldn't leave my room. Like, just cause I was feeling shitty. Like I was, you know, like I was on yeah, my yeah. period. I was homesick. I was hungover, everything. Uh -huh. And like, I got a knock on my door at like six. I think the show was at an eight and he's like, Hey, um, I think you should eat something. He was very, he's very much like a grandmother. <laughs> And I was like, oh, I'm fine. I'll, I'll, I'll get some on the way to my show. It's fine. He's like, I'm just, I'm going to make you a sandwich. And I like kind of come out and he's got a sandwich and a smoothie for me. He's like, here, this will sort you out. I, I, he was a great roommate. 
He was I got to tell you, I'm totally because there was another comedian on that tour that we were all kind of like, we this guy, this guy is not our kind of guy. And he claimed he had brought his girlfriend out to Australia. They broke up while there. And then he kept claiming more exaggerated, exaggerated sexual conquests, including saying in front of our producer, who's pretty, it's one of those things. Our producer is great. Her name is Mary Tobin. I, she's done so much for me personally in my career. I think she's fantastic, but it's one of those things where Mary is a bit old school in that she is aware chicanery is going on, but she kind of wants it to be that sort of thing of like, you know, you don't discuss those sort of things with the family. You know what I mean? Like she finds it very funny if you turn up the next day and like Abigail and I are super hungover going to our shows and then Mary sort of swings in with a glass, oh, having a little too much fun at the festival. But if you're like at the festival club with her and her daughters and you're having drinks because she is backing you financially, you don't leave to go shag someone in the toilets and you more importantly don't lie about it and then put the one of the biggest find out rats on the case of figuring out if you're lying or not, who is me and myself and a other in gentleman who is maybe Jimmy McGee lost launched a full and investigation tireless investigation into that manner. And we determined liar, liar, pants on fire. Very quickly. <laughs> he lied about everything like it would because i am first of all if i find out that you've like been telling me stories to make yourself look greater than you are i will immediately x you as a friend because i am so gullible like if you say something <laughs> i just believe you i there's no why 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 yeah. wouldn't you go shag some people in the toilet sure live your life fine we've all done it you know whatever and then i find out he's lying and i'm like i can't i can't and then when i got back to london i it kind of clicked with me how much he was lying to us like mm -hmm. about the sexual conquest about like his own career like it was just bizarre and it was all stuff you. that you could easily find out and i'm like now whenever i see him he gives me the creeps i'm like i can't i can't be around you you here's a weird thing you actually, lie to my face actually you're in many ways is like the literal opposite of this guy is that all of your stories like you could big yourself up and you're like <laughs> you know this is you know sometimes your mom just breaks your job like you're just like good god <laughs> like yeah, you're the anti that guy. Oh, I almost said his name. Oh boy. Um, yeah. Is he oh even God. doing comedy anymore? Oh, I don't know. Well, you wouldn't probably... know. You're over there. Never mind. Yeah, you're, you're in America. How would you know? I, I know. It's very funny because people still for people still forget that I live in the UK because I didn't really tell anyone on purpose. Like it took every people on like eight. It basically took until COVID where they were like, "Wait, where are you?" And I'd be like, "I'm in America. I've lived here for years." And they're like, "How about?" And I was like, yeah, that's right. Um, but um, it's so funny. Like that guy and sort of his ilk, it's such an interesting thing because I don't think that their bullshit's going to work anymore. Like it's one of those things where a lot of people, especially in Britain, just blagged their way into bigger and bigger stuff. And it just doesn't work anymore because there's just less opportunity. So less are people going to be like, yeah, that's fine. And they're like, wait, actually, no, you're a douche. Like, fuck off. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, there's less tolerances for that sort of thing, I guess. Yes. Uh, Abigail, I miss your old place because your old place, I'll never forget, accidentally yes. peeing on your floor when I may or may not have taken acid and gone to a Oh, I forgot about University you pissing event. all over the place. I was so pissed. Who cleaned up? Bathroom. But who cleaned up? I cleaned the whole thing. I remember you were like, you, you pissed did. on my floor. And then I was Cleaning like, Cleaning up your bathroom. own piss from somebody's floor is not 
Oh, first of all, win. first that's of not all, something first you, of all, yes, that's it not is. a redeemed no. No other reason that not most <laughs> no, no, people no. would do it. No, no, no. You most pissed people do there it. in the first and, place, therefore it negates sober. the good deed I was afterwards. not sober. Not sober. I thought yeah. I was using the toilet. I was. No. No, very inebriated. It's not a good person. I mean, the, yes, yeah. it is. Thank it you, is. Thank you, John. It's sober to sober. To sober to sober. Hundred percent. You're correct. The state I was in. The idea that yes, I even. Thank you, Kimmers. Able... Just common decency. Nope, you're all wrong. You're nothing special. Kimmers, the bar is so low. He pissed then. all over the place. It was like a three-year-old who just who cleaned it up. No, you tried to clean it up, but you were drunk. So you like you like did a swish. I did a swish, and then you said come, and then you said come back, and you're like, no, you got to do a better job. And then I literally like got in there. John, that's okay. Not coming out of this as a good person. You still pissed on the floor. He did like allegedly. Actually, yeah. Allegedly, I had a million beers and took a shitload of acid and then was very close to Clive Anderson. So how about you get right off of my goddamn ass about the situation? You guys are all lucky I didn't take a shit somewhere. I was so freaked out. I'm you know what I'm saying? saying? We're not going to celebrate allegedly. you cleaning up your own I think, face. I think it should be celebrated. You're not getting you, a medal for that. I think I should because you no. don't. You're not taking in the... Con but the what you're basically... You're doing what you're saying to a legless man. You're saying... It's not impressive you ran a marathon. That's what you are. <laughs> You're ableist. How do you like that? How do you like them that is apples? So far removed from what I'm saying. <laughs> um, Tom and I always uh, had already lived together at that point, um, but he was gone for that weekend for some reason. Thank because no, no, it was not a weekend. <laughs> it was a Tuesday. Oh yeah, of course it was because it was the Chortle Awards. So what I have never <laughs> allegedly done acid before, and uh, my Neither kind friends hooked me up, and um, so we got back to my place to I think just hang out and have some more beers and whatever, and like I took the duvet and all the blankets and we threw them on the floor and we all just laid on the floor holding and hands. like holding hands, <laughs> listening to music. And then eventually one of you like just kind of stood up bolt, right. And was like, I have to leave right now. And you all just like laughed. And then I, and then I was like, this is weird. Cause now I'm by myself and it's very quiet. And then I went to bed and woke up to a barrage of text messages from various comedians going, we, my bag is in your house. All my notebook is in your house. My phone <laughs> is in your house. They all just walked Everybody. out. Wallets. like, And every single one of them. And like the, what There were like three or four of us there. Mm. Like I'm making it sound like there's 20. But also, like I just left all of the stuff in the living room. So Tom eventually comes home. He's like, "Why are all the blankets on the floor?" And I'm like, "Oh, me and like three or four other comedians came over and we did allegedly did some acid and had a load of beers and then we all laid on our floor and listened to music." And my boyfriend's like, "I'm not gonna ask questions. I believe that that's what happened." And I was like, "I think you're gonna stay forever." Mm -hmm. It was it was he, so nice. I uh, he was just like you live your life. You just don't have to oh. do that around me. And I was like, thanks, Tom. <laughs> thanks for letting me be me. I will never remember the amount of fear I had when I walked allegedly into Up the Creek Comedy Club, and it dawned on me that I had just taken acid and then gone to a work event. Like it was one of those things where it was like, oh, we're at a bar. This is very fun. We're with, I'm with a ton of friends. We've given everyone's. It's like it's such a jovial atmosphere. We took a van that was hired by a television production company to get someone from the pub we were at to the Chortle Award. It was a, because they were that, presenting. They were presenting, 
And that person, by the way, kicked the door open and screamed, I'm on acid, which <laughs> not helpful. <laughs> not helpful to me at all. Abigailia, by the way, I don't, because you were at, you took it at the awards, allegedly, supposedly, right? Because you took I it. I think I took some uh, in the cab ride over. That's what it was, yeah. And then I found some on my floor when I was cleaning up. <laughs> oh my God. All I remember is someone who has uh, really fallen off because of certain behaviors. Like what the person did was reprehensible. I'd absolutely, but. If it were not for their existence, I think I would have fought Clive Anderson because mm -hmm. this person walked up to me and went, are you all right? And I explained the situation and he went, okay, I'm going to stand next to you. Let's just get, if we just get you drunk, everyone will think you're drunk. And I was like, that is a good idea. So <laughs> that person, and at one point, I'll never forget this. I turned to them and just went, Clive Anderson has been talking for about half an hour. Someone needs to tell him to shut the fuck up. And that person went, he has been on stage for about five seconds. You should not say anything. That was very loud. And I went, you got it. Oh, no. <laughs> mm -hmm. So was that your first time allegedly doing acid as well? Of course. Yeah. Oh, Why? I thought I was the only one who no. I had a lovely time. It was I, like, so fun. It was I, so I, I had. I was not freaking out about it at all. I remember at one point during the the award ceremony turning to you and asking a question about a timeline of a certain award and you just really you looked down at me and you were like shut up and looked straight back up and i was yeah. like i don't think john's having a good time right now i, I was but it was, was one of those like, things where i was didn't like didn't this gig happen last year and you were like don't talk to me i was like wow. I no 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 i remember what it was which was i was just trying because what also happened was it was literally like comedians on one side of the room me all of the industry on the other side of the room and i was right here like i literally just signed with my agency that i'm with now and they are like right there like i was <laughs> next to the off the curb guys who all really like me and so i'm talking with all of them and then people are like talking to me and i'm just trying not to speak because i have no <laughs> idea what i am saying like i literally just like i was just like i'm fine but i'm like concerned they're like so john how are things going with the career i was like my whole face is fire. Like I was just like I like just don't <laughs> engage. And I am just like waving oh, around. So I had funny. no idea that there was any industry there. I was just like, this is weird and fun, and what a great time we're having. Um, uh, and then I just remember we were upstairs, and Pezilias and K Curd started making fun of me for being fucked up at a party and i just was like what the fuck what what like why are you guys being such dicks and then they were like i don't know people make embarrassments of themselves and then one of them tried to dance knocked into me and then spilt my entire beer and it was so satisfying it was so <laughs> satisfying um and what is that saying to that uh that and uh that counts uh you should have a metal too oh thank you i have two and tricked badly both times oh no um, but yeah, all in all, a wonderful experience. Such a fun yeah. time. And we didn't get in any trouble. Didn't get in yeah. any trouble whatsoever. And I remember television's own Joel Domitz said, why are you smiling so mischievously, John? And I went, <laughs> I'm on acid, Joel. And he went, 
Really? (laughs) (laughs) That's the best is when you're super high and someone's like, what's up with you? You seem happy. And you're like, I'm out of my mind. And they're like, you just (laughs) seemed so lovely. And you're like, Mm. I can I can always get away with it, but you can't. You can't. Sometimes you just make an ass of yourself. Here's the thing with me is I don't think I'll ever be famous, but I do know famous people like think about me sometimes. Like I know Joel Dahlman. If you give him 20 minutes, it's like, I wonder if John's still on acid. That's all I need. <laughs> That's all I need right there. Yeah, um, that is a good level of fame. Actually, what <laughs> drug would you take to go? Would you take acid and go to the Chortle Awards with me? I'll take it with you. Uh, I don't know. That's that feels like I'm jumping in at the deep end. Abigail, okay. for context, I have never done any drugs. I've never even. Tried All right, let's weed. go through. Let's try. Okay, let's have comedy. you been drunk? Just I've been drunk. Question. I drank. She's drunk but, right now. Okay. Okay. Good. <laughs> All right. Let's go through. How about this? So you think you're funny, but we do a, we do a Jedi flip, which is uh, pound for pound equal measures of MDMA and magic mushrooms at the same time. What about that? There's too much. You need That's to be outside. So you need to be in somewhere where you can pet grass. You can't That's start. That's a good point. That's at... a really good point. You I cannot really, really, really throwing me in at the deep you end. You need to like be somewhere where you can hug someone for a long time, and that's not it. So you think you're funny. You cannot just I get disagree. lost there's in a the lot, safe there's and a, of First John's of all, there arms. is a lot of hugging and much more happening at the So You Think You're Funny party, I'll have you know. That's true. I, that's true. I'm pretty sure yeah. I saw someone who was on television either this is how mysterious I'm going to make it. Either doing the old or having the old Kansas City Royale. That's yeah. right. On the dance floor, no less. On the dance floor. <gasps> while Troy Conrad of Setlist just ate a full sandwich and talked to me. While I was like, <laughs> man, I'm trying to figure out if something else really fucking funny is happening. And he like literally kept being like, well, what's happening? And I was Thank like, you. Thank you. The chat cool? is trying to protect me. And I appreciate it. <laughs> Um, no, yeah. uh, ADSR Thug, what are you talking about starting with edibles? You don't start with edibles. If you're going to start with, uh, um, uh, uh, oh, uh, yes, meatballs being very, very rude. Uh, as it always struggling, if you have a giant ego, hence John massively affected. Uh, Ashley would take it in stride. I'm going to say this I don't think she would. I think Ashley would, like we all do, have a bit of a freak out. And then just need to chill a little I bit. I freak out fruit with no drugs. So, <laughs> yeah, no. but I'm a high-strung person without drugs. I think that's why I like drugs because then I go into like okay. who the fuck cares mode. Yeah, that's true. There is a sort of a little like a like she ready kind of vibe to it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's just sort of like. Well, whatever is going to happen is going to happen. And you just feel like, well, it depends what you're on and what you're doing. But like with MDMA, it's just like, hey, man, everything's like really beautiful. And you know what I mean? Like you're you're a human and I'm a human. So like you just want to like stroke each other's faces for a while. Like that's nice. MDMA is the one that I have been leaning towards um, taking. All right. uh, that's not exactly starting at the beginning. No, but it. I just from the things that I have read and been told. A wonderful time. <laughs> yeah, um, it might be the one that suits me. Um, I would suggest you get a lot of tropical fruits in the house and you prepare yourself a nice fruit salad. Also, just going to be honest with you, you're going to have a full cry in the shower. That's just what. <laughs> that's just how life works. And you know what? The worst thing you can do is not embrace it. Um, yeah. I remember 
a friend of mine who might be me um one time <laughs> stayed up till 11 o'clock in the morning with his at the time girlfriend we used a salad bowl as an ashtray and i threw out the salad bowl afterwards <laughs> because it was so filled with cigarettes and i remember taking i cried so long in the shower that i a used up all the hot water and also ran out of tears didn't Whoa. know that could happen <laughs> but i can tell you i felt so oh. much better afterwards so much better oh maybe not mm. the day after is kind of nice because you still feel a little floaty and i suggest True. eating a nice meal because food tastes better the day afterwards but you're sober Supposedly. enough to taste how nice it tastes but the day after that not good you clear your schedule you yeah. clear your schedule so you can it's also if you're taking also if you're taking any ssris this is a fun psa uh, if you're taking any ssris don't take any of these things because they'll all be blocked by your ssri so you're just basically just taking up you're just taking a drug for no reason like it's just gonna <laughs> not work which i, I didn't only, know that i only found it out it recently makes because I was at drinks with a friend and I was like, how are you doing? And they said, I'm really sad. And I went, why? And they said, I can't take my depression medication for the week. I'm taking mushrooms on Saturday and I want them to work. And I went, is it really worth it? And they That's went, so yes. dangerous. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Another public service announcement. You never go cold turkey off your depression medication because it will make you go suicidal. Oh, yeah, I have a very cry, I live a little. You know what I mean? Just, <laughs> just enjoy the mushrooms. Yeah, I. Let me tell you what. You know what spices up a week? A little suicidal ideation. A little. Yeah. Wouldn't it be nice to sleep forever? You know what I'm saying? Just yeah. Just, yeah. just holding a bunch of pills in your hand and thinking about if you were stronger, you would take them. But <laughs> if you were also stronger, you probably wouldn't be. You know what I'm saying? Um, you yeah. just described my whole lockdown and what a winning time that was. <laughs> I you never got depressed. I can't tell you up until like when the divorce started and stuff like that. But like the first <clears throat> chunk, like basically March until the police started attacking people in end of May. I had a festival. Uh, I just played video games all day. I did some writing. I worked out. That's it. I would, my hours were insane. I remember there was a day where I went to bed at 7.30 in the morning and I felt phenomenal. I woke up at 3 p.m. It was so good. And also I lost a bunch of weight because I kept sleeping during really hard parts of the day with a big cover, like a blanket on me. And so I just sweat a lot. <laughs> You're right away. Yeah, it That's was really good. Amazing. Yeah, and in no way was I not addressing other things. Yeah, no, it sounds like it was completely happy in a festival, and it wasn't. It you weren't certainly was. Up or anything. Yeah. Certainly wasn't. I yeah. uh, and I'll hear no. I'll hear nothing else. I won't. No, it sounds completely, completely. Uh, yeah, everyone uh, smokes two packs thing. of cigarettes a day. Everyone does. Yeah. Everyone knows that. I uh, I recently got diagnosed with ADHD. Bragging. Congratulations. And I haven't gotten on the drugs yet because it's a whole rigmarole where I have to have appointments and they don't just hand me them. Mm -hmm. But I really want them. And my doctor was like, was like, do you do drugs? And I was like, I was like, hey, yeah, I've done some drugs, but I haven't done anything because obviously I wouldn't do party drugs during the pandemic by myself because that's a bit sad. And uh, and he was like, you can't do any of these drugs once you're on ADHD medication because 
we're trying to level out your dopamine levels and it's going to affect it. So once you're on it, like no more, I was like, fair enough. And then I wound up in Glasgow and I met up with a friend who is one of my, you know how you have just friends you party with uh-huh. Ashley, you know how yeah. that is. You know how that is. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I, I did send him a message. I was like, I'm coming to town. It'd be nice to grab drinks. Just so you know, I don't really want to do anything else. And then I got there and I realized that that would be the last time that I would have an opportunity to allegedly do other substances before going on medication. Oh, my God. I like, oh, yeah, we just it it wasn't even like we didn't even go out and go dancing. We just allegedly did a load of of sniffy things and then sat in his apartment and talked shit about comedians until like eight in the morning. And then I was like, I have to go to my hotel. I have a show tonight. And like and then I just sat and rocked back. How was that sleep? What sleep? I just rocked back and forth. You spend eight hours thinking about how you need to go to sleep, only to wake up, only to get out of bed at five p.m. A kind of sweaty that is not good. Like you're like, oh, yeah. none of this is sweat. Like this is other this vodka, soul yeah. juice, <laughs> spinal fluid, um, and then you take a really gross shower, go to a show, and basically have to will yourself to be a comedian. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was actually perfect because like I had a lovely chat, I had a lovely evening, and then the come down was so abhorrent and by myself in an ibis that I was just like, I think oh. I'm ready not to do this anymore. I think I'm okay. And that uh. ibis, I have stayed there. If you if I wanted to commit suicide, I'll do it there because nothing there was going to prevent me. From like nothing will bring me hope. You know what? Everyone shits on the ibis, but say what you want. It has the best makeup mirror of any three-star <laughs> hotel in Britain. It is the best place to do makeup. How does the that affect me? The jury's in is too dark. There is no lighting in the Pinta Hotel in Birmingham. It is all about the ibis. If you want to get have good makeup for a show, if you ever speak bad against I the Pinta Hotel so well. in Birmingham again, Abigailia, you walk on the other side of the street from me. Oh, that hotel You weren't there. Rocks. You weren't there the last time I was there. I was there a couple weeks ago. Bring They're it under construction. So Bring the whole place is covered in that white construction paper that, you know, when they cover yeah. the buildings with the white stuff that, like, burned down Grenfell? The whole thing is covered, and you can't see out the windows. Oh, it is a weird hellscape. Yeah. Is the breakfast still exceptional? Okay. Yeah. It's a great breakfast (laughs) and a 24 hour bar. And for some reason, the whole hotel smells like Axe body spray. It does. And also, they have that pool table in the lobby, which, by the way, makes it from like, let's go out into Birmingham to let's go back to the hotel and play pool. So fun. I ended up drinking with with the Bam Margera's brother. (laughs) <laughs> and Lloyd Lankford and I and the members of the band CKY all just kept having beers. And Lloyd Lankford got so angry at me because I'm dyspraxic, which means I'm the worst pool player of all time. Now yeah, made even worse because I have a like a permanently hobbled shoulder from my bike accident. So I cannot wait to go back and show everyone how much worse at pool I've gotten. It's going to be great. It's going to be a great time. I I've never been out in Birmingham. I've only been to the Glee Club and the Pinta Hotel. I've Why? just walked between the two. 
I've never ever gone out to a bar out. in Birmingham. I have. It sucks. Birmingham, and I mean this. If anyone is listening from the town of Birmingham, move. Go anywhere. <laughs> says it's a good night out. Is it, Joe? Is it? Is it? Birmingham is rough. Thank you, Andy. But Chill. then he said, "I did move." That's what I thought. <laughs> I know where you live, brother. And I, yeah, I, th- I knew. He, I didn't think you were a Brummy. I knew it was Midlands. I weirdly thought, is it the Black Forest that's right there? Is that what it's called? The Dark Forest, Blackwood. Anyway, um, phenomenal stuff. How is um, how is stand up going in Britain? You two, how what are the what are the vibe of the gigs? What is it like? Uh, Ashley, you go first. You talk about the North. I'll talk about the South. Christ. I mean, I I feel like it's actually picking up a little bit around here. There's a few new gigs opened up in the past two weeks in Scotland. Oh. Are you guys are still on uh, social distancing and restrictions yeah. up there, right? Yeah. Yeah, we still have a few restrictions um, compared to England. Um, but yeah, so there's a few new places have opened up and I believe they've done quite well. I've only gigged in Monkey Barrel so far, so, um, you know, I'm still sort of getting back out there, but, um, oh no, that's, that's a lie. I did Drygate, um, last week and that was great. Really, really good in Glasgow. Ah, yes. You were attempting to make it Wetgate. It did not happen. No, it didn't happen. Uh, here's my um, question. So in England, does that mean like you don't have to wear a mask walking around? Like there's you just no restrictions. Fr- a lot of people still do. Like, mm. well, not a lot. Maybe like a third. If I'm go going into, into the, the tube, yeah, mask in the tube. You don't have to. A lot of people aren't. I always do. There's always like, there's some people with masks, some people without. Most people are not wearing masks. But you don't this have is to. Madness. No masks in the tube. I always wear a mask in the tube. Like if, if, anything, if anything, the smell. Like the amount of people I've <laughs> seen just shitting down there. <laughs> yeah, it's I don't know. It's weird. Like I feel like masks are now a part of my life. Like now I'm like, yeah. why didn't I always wear a mask on the tube? The yeah. only thing that bugs me about wearing a mask on a train is if I have a gig where I'm going there and back in one night, I usually do my makeup at home. And now I don't like doing that because I don't like putting on a like full beat and then walking mm-hmm. out and wearing a mask for two and a half hours as I make my way to. Yeah, it's messy. You know, Portsmouth Cole or Chester. wherever I'm going. Yes. Yeah, Colchester. Um, I but yeah, yeah, they never go to Colchester again. Oh, I love. Oh, it's, <laughs> it's fine here. Like the travel, I find a lot more anxiety ridden than I ever did before. And like, I actually said no to some gigs in December because I was like, that's a shitty travel plan for me. And it's already expensive for me to buy the tickets. And it's October and it's with a, a, a club I work with a lot. And I was just like, I'm not doing it. And they were like, well, what if we put this gig with it and you do this gig and that gig? And I was like, that's too much money and tra- that'll cost me half a night's pay in train travel alone. And the trains, every train will be three hours in at least one or two connections. I'm not doing that on December 18th. I'm not doing it's, that. It's going to be so interesting because the economics of comedy have really like here flights are remarkably cheaper still. So it's oh, okay. actually easy. Like you're making more. Like 
I was taking some gigs pre-pandemic where it was like, I will break even on this because it's like, I have to fly and I'll just, I guess I'll take a shuttle to somewhere in the city and walk to my accommodation just so I can like, all right, I made 80 bucks. And now airplane travel is so cheap here right now. Like it's not a, like at the height of the pandemic, I bought a first class, like the front of the airplane seat for 300 Canadian dollars to fly from New York to Los Angeles. That's like a $3,000 ticket. And I was just like, we are here. Enjoy the paradise. It's not like that anymore, but it is so much. I just, I'm just like, but what happens when this ends? Cause like there's going to need to be some economic addressing of a bunch of situations like I don't know what it's like in the UK, but in the States, there's like a quiet revolt going against restaurant owners right now because Oh, I didn't know about this. Well, all the service staff were like, wait a minute. Quitting. I made more staying at home, being on unemployment. Yeah. Than I did working for you. And in that pandemic, some of those restaurants got hundreds of thousands to maybe millions of dollars in improvement grants they had their budgets covered completely because the U.S. government couldn't let certain areas fall because it's one of those things where it's like, they looked at it and it's like, if these four restaurants close, we're going to lose this gentrified area and mm -hmm. drop property values. So they were like, here's PPP loans, just stay open, stay open, stay open. And all those staff are like, you could have just paid me and you didn't, so fuck you. And I'm not coming yeah. back to work. It's like what brought down the UCB in LA was it was discovered they got um their payroll paid and they furloughed all their staff and kept the money allegedly supposedly mm -hmm. i don't know if that's true that's just a story i heard but it's like so it really you have to fuck you're fucking a bartender and the guy who founded your company like is an heir to a railroad fortune or some nonsense i again don't know if that's true i was told that by one guy but i want to believe it because that one was kind of a dick sounds not true, true. Oh, sounds, sounds true. true. Thank sounds you. Sounds true. But also, like, uh, okay, here's my question because I've heard a little murmurings about the improv like world in America. Is UCB done? Because they're no longer on you. They're, are they even in New York anymore? They're not in New York. Do you know what UCB is, Ashley? I don't want to leave you out of this. I don't know. I'm so, so sorry. Okay, I'm so that's all right. No, that's fine. And also, by the way, Ashley, strap in to hate some people. Ooh. And strap in for a lot of insider baseball because oh. I was I, I didn't do UCB, but I did the People's Improv Theater, five levels, never gone on a house. I have a whole thing. I oh hate improv. I hate it. It's a pyramid scheme. It's my Lula Rowe. And I got out. I got okay. out, baby. But before before we get, <laughs> let's get into this, let's I love this fire. What, what Ashley knows. <laughs> so Ashley, when we say things like improv levels house team what what do you think that means do you know the I have context absolutely no idea oh okay. get ready for such a fucking scam abigalia would you like to illuminate this okay. absolute <laughs> oh we're stretching okay. we're getting oh. pumped up i mean here in goes our two is gonna fly 90s, by there were uh, uh uh some rabble scrabble kids uh out of chicago uh, that study with that man <laughs> Del Close, the mm. godfather of long form improv in Chicago. They came to New York, decided to open up a uh, improv theater called the Upright Citizen Brigade. It is uh, was owned at the time by Ali Farinakian, who then uh, broke away from them and opened the People's Improv Theater. Amy Poehler, Horatio Sands, uh, help me out here. 
Matt uh, Besser. Matt Besser. That's who it is. Matt Besser. He's the main one. The ginger guy from Veep. Yeah. Um, whose name I can never remember. And there, there was like six of them. So it started out as this hippie collective. And then they started to teach improv classes. And it cost about 400 US dollars to take a six-week improv class. And then they started to do improv level so you go through level one level two level three level four level five you pay for all of this and then uh, after you graduate level five you are allowed to audition for a house team which means you get to perform once a week with your team at the theater for free however you still have to pay for a rehearsal space and for one of the teachers to coach your improv team so you are constantly giving money to these people they never pay their acts they uh they never they'll take ticket money but i don't think you see any of the ticket you money yourself at ucb at the pit there was a split at the people's improv theater there used to be a split but i don't think there ever was for the ucb and when i was still in new york people started to go this is a bit bullshit because we're bringing so much money to this place and we're not seeing any of it and now it's uh, john take over even crazier than that so to run a show at any ucp venue here's the following things you have to pay for you pay for the rent you have to rent rent the space you have to provide promotional materials that they and you have to pay for them they're up to a certain standard they have to be presented in a certain way the ucb logo has to be on it they keep a hundred percent of the door and you pay for a technician you basically lose money every time and we're talking like I... i've done shows at ucp venues and there's 300 people there yeah, and I, they keep all of the money, like thousands wow. upon thousands of dollars in a night. And sorry, then they'll, they'll turn around and pour mouth. You go ahead, Abugulaya. I, I just want to jump into the chat real quick because some people are. Uh, um, I don't know if Tina Fey Broomstickery was ever an owner. I'm not sure. She was not. Matt Walsh, Walsh was. Is. Is Chris Gethard uh, was never an owner. He came up behind all that. However, the Chris Gethard show was started at UCB New York. That's mm -hmm. where he started doing that. But he's never been an owner of the property as far as I know. And Joe Trope said, it sounds like Scientology for skint people. And boy, are you right. <laughs> uh, sorry, I just wanted to, because people were dropping names. I wanted yeah. to be like, I know where these people fall. So <laughs> sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, and it's, and it, what's crazy is then there was also a bunch of stuff, which is they were running a lot of, it was a lot of, their teachers, I'm going to speak very carefully, a lot of their teachers were, shall we say, dudes in their 20s and early 30s that grew up nerds and now were very cool to a lot of 19 and 20-year-old women trying to break into show business. And they had no, no nothing in place to allow for the reporting of any type of abusive behavior. And also, it was very much a culture where there were a lot of older dudes trying to or definitely fucking 19 year olds 20 year olds it was so greasy and it culminated in in like the biggest clusterfuck ever of a guy was a predator and ucb kept being like we're handling it in we're handling it in house we're handling it in house and people kept being like you're not allowed you need to call the police it was so fucking crazy if you're talking uh, about who i think you're talking about i knew him 
I didn't know his name. Is that what his name is? Yeah. I I think it's him. I think it's him. Um, Yeah. It's all fucked up. Is it just uh, anyways. I don't know how we got on this. This wine is great. It's a pyramid scheme, Ashley. It's, it's a, pyramid a pyramid scheme. scheme. Like you know, literally... it actually it sounds now I've never heard of it before, but it sounds like something that a group of comics in Dublin were trying to maybe replicate. What? Probably. Yeah. Probably. Who did I... what at the comedy cellar? <laughs> <laughs> literally that venue um, of course it was <laughs> and it's upstairs so stupid name I'm sorry Yeah, no, is it upstairs? Uh, the upstairs, comedy cellar? Yeah. It's, it's upstairs in a pub and there's no microphone it's a very weird place but so, for some reason a coveted performance venue and you walk yeah. in and you're like well this kind of sucks yeah it's uh, it yeah it's definitely um, bigged up I think because it's the oldest um comedy venue in ireland is it, it gets... still run by what's his face's brother aiden no uh yes it it hmm. he is no longer in what? ireland he's apparently waiting tables in new york <laughs> Wait, okay so his name is what was it what's who's his brother his brother's that famous aiden. comedian aiden yeah you're you have oh. the name right yeah Des Bishop. His brother's Des Bishop. Well, I wasn't going to say it, but yeah. I'll say it. His brother was Des Bishop. I really like Des Bishop. One of the one of the weirdest green room conversationalists ever. Uh-huh. Sat down after a gig and literally there's a song playing. He goes, do you get it? And I went, what? And, I, and he went, it's a callback from a joke I did earlier on. And I said, Des, I just arrived. I'm hosting the next show. And he went, okay. And then just told me his most of his the hour yeah, he just had done sense about, right? oh wow um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I i i've had very little um run in with with aiden bishop but i will say because this might be the funniest like connection i've ever had with someone the first time i ever came to do uh edinburgh fringe over here i was still living in new york i did a show called beacon of health and fitness because i was a yoga instructor but i didn't know anything about running shows so i had nothing to do with yoga um and i ran into aiden at somewhere along the cow gate and he just looks at me he goes hey abigliah i took your yo i took your your uh yoga class in new york a couple times how's the fringe going and i was like what is happening what and I felt That's really so famous for random. two seconds. <laughs> I, I will say this. Des Bishop, very funny comedian. He did for a brief time think he was a rapper, which was not funny. Let's watch him uh-huh. rap about Australian history. Oh, God. Oh, no. <laughs> Have you heard you. his remake of Jump Around? No, I was going to. I almost clicked on <laughs> he that. He did a but remake I... of Jump Around in Irish. Oh, my God. No. Here we go. Admittedly, did a lot for the Irish language. Um <laughs> I mean, I just read the private chat, Ashley. I have not heard any of those things. And let me tell you what I am not. And that is surprised even a little yeah, bit. Not yeah, not even a teeny tiny little bit. But yeah. I have no... Oh, backup, yeah, I'm just catching up sure. on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, let's, let's just just enjoy this madness. This yeah. is Des Bishop! <laughs> Thank you. 
Oh my God, much. I think I remember this, is, uh, this being on TV. It's exciting for me tonight. Basically, I'm from New York, but I live in Ireland, and I always wanted to be a hip-hop star. And then I moved to Ireland, and that screwed things up completely. There's not much of a hip-hop market there. So I thought, I'm coming to Australia. You know, I want to learn about Australia, you know? So I, I got the movie Australia, and I didn't learn shit, to be honest with you. So I thought, right, I'm going to make an effort, and I'm going to write a rap about tough. the history of Australia. Tough, tough, tough. I apologize because I'm mad, nervous because... What makes this better is he is a very good comedian and what he's done right here is, I guarantee this is what happened, is he got very famous in Ireland. Mm -hmm. No one said no to him and he went, I'm going to go to Australia and rap about the history of Australia and everyone, that's a good idea, Des. Mm -hmm. And also, by the way, I love when comedians don't know the word for something so they just make something up. So instead of saying scene, he yeah. said hip-hop market which sounds like the <laughs> least hip-hop thing i've ever heard in my entire like it's so um yeah. here's what i also like i do like about des is i know if he found out we did this he would be uh so very he'd be so angry he would never say anything he would no. he would it would be on his face smoldering with anger and he'd want to come uh -huh. on and make fun of it with us which yeah. really i enjoy just to own his narrative. <laughs> exactly correct. That's exactly what that. he would be doing. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's see Des Bishop. Oh, God. I'm so... This is going to be Oh, this amazing. is so funny. Coming in yeah. from Tiger Tiger. He's also wrong. Hip-hop was fucking huge in 90s Dublin. It was. That was the height of the Celtic Tiger. <laughs> like, That's amazing. People had notions during the Celtic Tiger. Couldn't Everybody was an expert in No one knows anything about Australian history. Um... <laughs> That's so funny that he could. Oh my God! What a maroon! Yeah, looks like oh, it's just it's just a segue. Gang in prison says broom stickery. By the way, <laughs> which I see it. I see it. I see it. Yeah. Also, I have a question. Have we said hello to the podcast listeners yet? I don't think no, we have. We haven't. Hello, podcast Hi, podcast listeners. listeners. <laughs> we are joined today by Abigailia Shaman. Abigailia, hey. where can people on the podcast find you? They won't be able to see you. They're just going to hear you. I'll drop it uh, in the description anyway as well. Uh, hi, I am on all uh, uh, social media platforms, TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter at Abigailia. And I also have a YouTube cooking show. Please subscribe to it called Just Like Mom Made, spelled M-O-M because it's my mom I'm talking about. So uh, check that out, Just Like Mom Made. Uh, also, just a quick thing coming in from Boom Stickery, one hour, 23 minutes. A new record. That is a new record for saying hello. <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm glad you were here for this, quite frankly. It's been a great show, even greater, because also, for those of you who don't know, um, some of the people in the chat say very rude things to the people who listen to the podcast, and they I love do. it always. I will not read it's them. It's great. But if you no, join us, because at, if you're a podcast listener, you 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 can't get to read them. But you know, yeah, you have to <laughs> you have to come watch at Untitled Twitch Stream. That's Untitled Twitch Stream every day, two to four Pacific time. And 10 to 12, late night time. All right, let's watch Des really talk about Ned Kelly. The Australians don't know about Australian history either. That's why I think this is really important. So I also am aware of the fact that when I'm nervous, I do this a lot. So I apologize for that. And in Ireland, I can't do that at all. They're like, oh my God, he's touching himself. Because it turns out in Ireland, touching your own balls is a sin. That's why the Christian brothers do it for you. Oh! <laughs> Uh, Obviously, no need for the beatbox there whatsoever. <laughs> I just threw it in in case there was any Christians getting upset. They'd be like, hold on a minute, mate, that's unacceptable. Oh, no, come on, here we go, come on. <laughs> so, God, he has the Chinese word for toilet is shisho jen, okay? 
Doesn't matter, I'll explain later. The Chinese word for toilet is Xi Xiao Jen. Ladies and gentlemen, the history of Australia in three verses. DJ, hit that beat. Oh, throw your hands like this. Don't be afraid. I know you're in the princess theater, but you might as well let it go. Here we go. I might mess it up, but who cares? I but love this woman not doing the wave. The Can anyone else see that? Ashley, can you talk about your jaw again? <laughs> it would feel disrespectful. I can't even understand him. Oh my god. He's like reaching the height. Go, go ahead, ahead, sorry. No, you go ahead first. <laughs> Did, like it's like he reached the height of his comedy career and then looked at everyone and goes, "You know what Australia doesn't have? Schoolhouse rock." And I'm going <laughs> to bring it there. I think Andy Child has nailed it. He ain't no, rapper. no rapper. He ain't yeah. no rapper coming in from uh um, Is it supposed I, to be funny? Is it was it supposed to be a comedy rap? I no, from question. what I understand he literally was like I'm launching my career. Um, because I was I I just he seems to be taking it so seriously and it's so not good. <laughs> this is just an absolute sidebar. I just swiveled this way and there's a cat that lives in this house and the cat is sleeping so adorably oh. with its head on a little stuffed fish. Its head's oh. on a little stuffed fish. That's very really cute. cute. <laughs> I will tell you, it really it did it did my eyes a world of good after the assault. Yeah. It was just a resuscitation of a wiki. Uh, is it supposed to be funny? Is not a good question of a comics filmed set coming in from <laughs> Diamond Geyser. Um, um, Andy Childers wrote, "He'll eat that stuffed fish. Maybe he will." <laughs> Um, all right, let's, let's just, it's not, oh, it's only halfway through. God Jeez, damn it, guys. The colony grew slowly there among the rocks. Black fellas died in numbers exposed to smallpox. William Block from rebellion and then Macquarie. You know when you see teenage boys trying to rap? Yes. Do you know when you see dads trying to rap? That's what this feels like right yeah. now. Is it feels it's a like mixture of both of those things. It was like Dez really wanted to just, he wanted to sing like Fuck the Police by NWA, but was aware he couldn't get away with the N-word, so he just wrote a song instead. Yeah. So I guess this is before or after he learned Chinese to do comedy during, during yeah. Oh, this, are we just watching an incredibly intelligent man have a breakdown? Is that what I wouldn't say incredibly intelligent. I wouldn't know. That's, that's an overstatement. Like, hey, you guys are like, he's not that smart. Yeah. <laughs> the Chinese isn't that hard to learn. Tom just, Tom just walked into okay. the room. All right, here's my question. Why did he make sure that we all knew what um, Shizhou meant? The yeah. uh, Chinese word for I feel toilet? like it's going to be has... it's going to be one thing at the very end of it, I guarantee. And it's be, but I can't understand a single word he's saying in the rest of this. I've I've understood the the words New South and Wales. That's it. <laughs> I heard Adelaide at one point and I was like, "Hey, I've been I've there. I've been on a wine tour there." <laughs> um, Steve Mooney coming in with the ever so uh, wilting comment of, is he aware that this is supposed to be a comedy show? Boom. Uh, it's it'll be so a... bad. 
Oh yeah. And I want you to know we still have another minute to go. And let's begin. I do like how they cannot show the crowd because I assume the crowd has stopped waving. Yeah. Yeah. It's your history. He just said the most beautiful thing I've ever heard in my life. Did he just say it's your history? Yeah. Oh no, yeah. please stop. Oh no. <laughs> um, he's going for one of those Andrew Lawrence applause breaks where people clap because he did all the words fast. Truly one yeah. of my favorite tricks of stand-up comedy. I love that it's been figured out, but it was year. Yeah, ears before people figured that out. Um, you can't bash the bishop fool coming in from Joe Trope, and yes, meatball <laughs> says that crowd shot was cut from earlier. And I was thinking the same thing, dude. Let's continue. Mm-hmm. We're so close to being done. But you know that because it was in a TV commercial. Last verse. Here we go. It's not good when you have to tell people it's the last verse. I'll tell you that much. Oh my God, so many people are sad. What is he doing with his hands? He's breathing. It's so <laughs> Yeah. I don't think he realizes how bad he's coming across, too. Wait, did we ever get the payoff for the Japanese or the Chinese word no. for toilet? No, ever... we never did. Christ. Oh my good God. Can we oh, watch? To take some voice lessons like this. How would you guys how would you guys yeah. feel about watching some Sammy J and Randy as a palate cleanser coming in from Diamond? What the fuck? We're... So we're just dispensing with the uh, any sort of pretense of Eye. We're just going straight for the, the bottle at this point. That and Tom just took my cup and I needed a moment. So what the hell, I Tom? Would... <laughs> yeah, what the hell, Tom? Yeah, what the hey, hell? Hey, yeah, what the hell, Tom? Hi, Tom. Tom, Tom my you look great, I have to say. He looks really oh. good. Oh, uh, it, Tom, John says you look great. Do you want to say something into the microphone? He has a cold <laughs> right now. I oh, sent him to sweetie. bed before we, oh, I did this podcast. I was hi, like, Tom. go to bed. Other way, buddy. There you go. How you doing, pal? Oh, you can't hear me because of Apple Hold on, headphones? I can make it. I can make it. There you go. He can hear you now. Power of technology. Oh, how you doing? What are you sick with? Do you have COVID? Uh, no, it's worse. It's a cold. It's worse than COVID. <laughs> it's it's worse. It's a cold. Oh, how have you been? Yes. Your skin. I don't like that both of you look much healthier, and you're in the UK, which <laughs> you should have spotty, terrible skin. I don't like, like this the trick at all. Is- don't ever leave the house or go in the sun ever or outside. That is not the trick. That's actually very bad for your mental and just physical health. The sun is a nourishing orb of hope. Abigail knows she's from a good country. We have sun where I'm from. Tom hasn't been outside in two years. Uh, it, it does make him look healthy, but you're right. Our mental health has rapidly declined recently. Yeah. Whenever I get in the sun, I just break out in cancer. He does have a tendency to get basal cell carcinomas, which is a skin cancer. 
But Jonathan had three cancerous moles removed from his body, and we are both only 35. And doctors have made a point to tell him that he is really young to already have this starting. <laughs> just, just in case he needed to add anything to it. Like, I, uh, oh dear. I remember I had something that they thought was precancerous, like a precancerous mole, and they were like, uh, "Like I don't know how you would have gotten this if you're just in England." And I was like, "Oh, I was just in Australia for three months," and they were like, "Oh yeah, we're cutting this out right now." And then they just went and got a big scalpel and this cauterizing like thing that looked like a like a tiny what's the thing you'd use to like put circuit boards together like a like a a soldering iron. And he just went, do you need like a pain pill? And I was like, maybe. And he's like, yeah. Uh, uh, and I was like, just do it. And then he just was like, all right. And then just like, like and then just. <laughs> and then he gave me some paracetamol, paracetamol with codeine, took two of those. And let me tell you, that 29 bus was a real zoo. <laughs> There's nothing quite like smelling your own flesh barbecuing. I mean, I can't believe we someone <laughs> oh God, else we have said circled that. back we, around we, we to literally... this. Tom, you just did we a callback. We started back. with burning flesh. Tom, is that your first callback? No. <laughs> you never know. Oh, uh, coming my in from, uh, coming, uh Coming in from uh, the chat, coming in from Boom Stickery. How the fuck is this stream like this? I don't know. <laughs> I, how do we do it? It's, yeah. uh, it's something chemical for sure. <laughs> Bye, Tom, you sweet boy. Bye. <laughs> oh, he's. Is it okay if he joins? I think sure. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> you want to join? I don't really know what's going on, so I might just leave you guys. Tom, are you we, sure? we do not know either. We don't know either. We're just. But Tom, you go enjoy. We'll we will we'll take care of Abigail. Okay. We'll have a nice we'll, time. We'll enjoy your talk tea. Talk to you later, honey. I love you. You say I hate you. Oh my god. Oh, I said I love you. I go, bye, honey. I love you. And he looked at me and goes, bye, honey. Because we've never called each other that ever. I think it's and sweet. Like, you are just doing this because you're on a podcast. Of course. Oh, of course funny. you are, but that's fine. Yeah. I call um, here's my question. Has he seen Ohio? Okay, so my wrong button my uh family doesn't live in ohio anymore my mom lives in indiana which oh, is yes old. yeah so he's been to indiana and here's the thing my mom lives very near um louisville kentucky just on the other side of the river and louisville is yeah. actually a cool place yeah i've and heard great stuff there's great restaurants, there's good music videos, there's all this and that. And uh, Tom, uh, early on in his trip to uh, Indiucky, as uh, we call it, uh, oh discovered the IHOP and <sighs> went all the way to America. And then every morning was like, can we go to IHOP? Of course. <laughs> I, I'm 100% with him. I love IHOP in a way that Americans do not understand. There's something about e Ashley. Do you know what I, the internet? Know. Oh, it is the international house of house pancakes. of pancakes. Every oh uh, yes, the menu you have told me about this before. On the menu, comes with pancakes. It is assumed you want a full meal, and then your like your your roll on the side is a four stack of pancakes. Yeah. That's land of the free 
home of the fucking brave, ladies and gentlemen. That's America right there. <laughs> yeah. And uh, okay, so in I, I, I will tell you this because John will get a kick out of this again. Ashley, you'll have no clue what I'm talking about. <laughs> but, uh, the first time Tom ever went to the states to meet my family, he was like, "Hey, can we go to that restaurant that you talk about? That's like really good." And I was like, "Oh, Jack Fry's, which is a steakhouse in Louisville, Kentucky. That's quite renowned. It's one of the best. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's the best steakhouse in the state." Having eaten at two steakhouses in Kentucky, <laughs> but. Um, uh, it's it's like an incredible restaurant. And I was like, oh, you want to go to Jack Fry's? Yeah, I'll call my mom. We'll make a reservation. She goes, no, no, no. The other place, the other place that you talk about that's in America. And I was like, I don't like what, like, what are you talking about? He's like, do you know the place where you said this is good with the breadsticks? And I was like, you want to go to Olive Garden? And he's <laughs> like, yes, I want to try an Olive Garden. And which is like a, it's like going to Jamie, yeah, it's like going to Jamie Oliver's Italian restaurant. So okay, yeah, he could have yeah. gone to this amazingly cool-looking steakhouse. Yeah, and that's chose, very good. That said, though, the Olive Garden is kind of shit, but it's actually kind of awesome. Like it's one of those things where they I don't. Mean- well, we did go to one and they had like a little bar cafe area that looks like a nice little cute restaurant. And they tried to put us there like right when we walked in because we were like two adults. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. We are sitting in the main dining room among all the children uh, because I want Tom to have the correct experience. Mm-hmm. And we walked in there and Tom was like, no, 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 we're eating at the bar. So we like ate at the bar. So it was like this lovely, intimate uh uh, eating experience and when you do that the food i gotta be honest i fucking love it that chicken scampi still one oh my of my God. favorite meals of all time uh it looked like it's and like look at this it's such an american family style pl- look at that man with his frosted beer and his divorce oh what a hero you are not sharing your there it is there we go that's the olive garden that is where my boyfriend flew all the way to america and was like listen i'm all about the international house of pancakes <laughs> and the olive garden i want to know more about this man that's <laughs> olive garden promotional i want to know look how like he's he's surprised by how much he's enjoying this beer. this t-shirt is an absolute cry for help he has you know a what? full <laughs> salad bowl he got the, you know what I think he ordered the uh, the unending soup and salad and breadsticks, which is a lunch did. item that you can get unending uh, uh, breadsticks, soup and salad, and you can have as much as you want. That is a man who's. I'm gonna be honest. That's me if Tom ever leaves me and I have to move <laughs> back to Indiana. That's gonna be me. A right uh, couple of big questions coming in. One from Andy Childs. Can't be together. Uh, chicken heads can't be together. Must be the USA. Yeah. Uh, Nuka boy, where is the garden? Uh, <laughs> um, great question. Just a great question. Where is the garden? Uh, oh man, that decor sets off warning signs coming in from Tiger uh-huh. Tiger. Yeah. Also in from Nuka boy, where is the olives? Um, bear in mind, <laughs> time restaurant. Um, and then uh, everything in the U.S. is exotic to us Brits. Coming in from Radiant User. Uh, uh nuka boy all i see is a sad table uh and from kirsten they had a pretty decent uh arancini last time i was there yeah it's pretty fantastic 
<laughs> I mean, that's, I mean, I like an Olive Garden. I will tell you where I have a real soft spot for, and that is, and people think I'm an asshole, the Outback Steakhouse. The Bloomin' Onion. You can't all go wrong. I was about to bring the Blooming Do you know what a Blooming Onion is? Ashley no. Roberta Manning. Ashley Roberta Manning Esquire from Dublin City, Northern Ireland. Uh, no, not from any of those places. County Louth? I'm, I'm, I'm going to be honest. Lord. I feel County like Louth? Time, Did I get that right? The whole two times I've come on this stream, I'm always like, hi, Ashley. I'm going to talk to the North Americans about North American things. <laughs> Thank you for hosting me on your show. Hey, we also we did some some burning flesh stories. So yeah, we did do some burning know. flesh stories. Up top. <laughs> yeah, I did have your jaw broken by your mother without her being told <sighs> that's what she's doing to you. Oh God! Okay, damn it, please that's... explain a blooming onion. I'm about to, to show you a blooming onion, and you. Oh yes, get ready. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, it's pretty fucking awesome. I gotta tell you. <laughs> Also, back in the there day. It <laughs> oh, what the fuck is that? Okay, Beautiful. they take a full onion, they chop it in such a way, and then they that it bloom it, it falls out. Okay, it falls out, and then they put that in a deep fryer. Batter that it. That is batter it. fascinating. Yeah, it is. And but and I want you to know this, and I mean this. That right there, you see that right there. That's an appetizer. Mm -hmm. That's not. That's not what's for dinner. That's <sighs> the. That's the amuse bouche. I mean, it's essentially onion rings, though, right? Yeah, but it's that's so many. It's so, so many. And look rings. at look at that dip in the middle. That Thousand Island dip that is not <laughs> like just some sort this of also... creamy, weird. I I don't know. What, is it Thousand Island? I don't know. I haven't been to an outback in a very, very long time. It's more of a Chipotle style, but what they also don't tell mm. you about America is that in the last five years, ranch dressing has been added to the assumed condiment selection at all restaurants. As it I'm, I am so in favor of it. Like you don't like mm -hmm. I under like, yes, it's taking years. Um uh, off my life, and I'm fine with it. I want the pleasure. Also coming in from Boop Stickery, the dip of a thousand dials, you say. That's right. <laughs> also, um, Steve Mooney made a good point, which is that anytime Paul Byrne comes on the show, it's just me and him talking oh my about God. Irish things. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know. There's also... There is now something apparently uh, out in the Outback Steakhouse called the Bloomin' Chicken, which is no. same same batter as the blooming onion but on one of the larger chicken breasts i've ever seen in my life let's let's go to a picture do they fold it out like some sort of housecape chicken if any look at this fucking thing look at it oh. With, uh, oh. show it to me show it to me i can't see it oh you yet. can't see oh it's because stupid chris has the thing turned off so it doesn't immediately per come up that's insane Look at that. Oh, I could get down with that. It's, I, again, anytime it, you it fry is a chicken. fried chicken. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't think yeah, you're you understanding. Don't have this, you haven't had the batter <laughs> yeah, of like, onion? You don't, like, like you're, you uh, of Irish heritage, uh, you know, you're all about the boil. 
but America, we're all about the fry. The fry. And yeah. I fried onions, fried pickles, fried chicken, fried, uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, Lips. What's it called? The steak that you have, the country fried steak. Oh, country it fried is. steak. Oh it is uh, hammered. It's a hammered chicken breast. It's not that it's really big. It's hammered. You see, you yeah. I agree with what you. I see what you're saying, and if any other country, you would be right. I do not. I believe that America just <laughs> got a big chicken. Also, mm. chicken fried steak. And what's the other one? What's the? It's very flat steak? though. Yeah, a chicken fried steak is hammered out. But yeah, yeah. chicken fried steak is. Oh my god. Is the best with the gravy. Hammered chicken is gravy. great. It goes really tender because you've also, beaten the shit out of it. Have Smash Burgers <laughs> made it to Europe yet? Yes, I believe Smash Burgers exist here. Do you know what a Smash Burger is, Abigail? It sounds familiar, but there's so honestly, there's so many like best burger chains ever that I now lose track. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, ru- like, we have. I, I do live in Scotland where they deep fry everything um most recent one that i heard of is something called a crunch uh pizza crunch crunch is literally a deep fried slice of pizza oh they take a slice of pizza and they deep fry it in a in a batter i got it i got it right here you want to see you want to see what it looks like everybody get ready show me the money oh my god 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 <laughs> Look at this shit right here. That's, Look at this. I am Drew. I want this very bad. Be- oh my god! That's of course, great. it comes with chips. You monsters. <laughs> I haven't tried this before, but I have been I told would. to try it. I'll in be certain- in- Gareth Wall has has told me I need to try this. So I will be in Glasgow in November. Let's go out for a fried uh, pizza together, shall we? Let's do that. Let me also ask you uh, this, Ashley Manning of Ireland. Is it true that in Ireland, if you go to like sort of an older school place and you get like, let's say, spaghetti bolognese, Uh they will ask you if you want like chips and peas and carrots like that? It's yeah, assumed that yeah, it's the funny, it's the standard. craziest thing. It's that is so... just standard in Ireland, and it's always it's like <laughs> boiled vegetables, <laughs> and it's it is broccoli, peas, carrots, and turnip, and it's always served on these little white dishes, and it is the most bizarre thing. It's never good, but you for some reason end up with it in a lot of places. Um, and it's that's just your veg. That's your standard vegetables that you get. Um, and but yeah, it's very common to just have chips on the side of everything as well. I love it. Yeah, uh, just... Pasta with chips. It, it, yeah. it sounds like too much. Like if I'm out, I'm gonna be like, "What are you talking about?" Oh, Pasta and don't forget chips. the garlic bread. <laughs> I remember it is just starch upon starch upon starch. (laughs) I am going to pretend to be offended by that. And in my head, I'll be like, this is all I've ever wanted. (laughs) And chips and garlic bread. Thank Mm -hmm. you for understanding me, Ireland. Yeah. Yeah. Garlic bread with lasagna is a big thing. Well, yeah. Uh, Well, yeah, yeah. that seems normal, but you will still get the a lo- there, there is Pork definitely places where you can still get that little bowl of vegetables and chips as well. 
perfect. Oh my god, so good. It's so it's I love the little quirks. I love when America like American cuisine is exported and sort of the interpretation especially Europe will add to it. For example, mm -hmm. the pizza with chips move weirdly would never be done here, but is yeah. so de rigueur in especially <laughs> Ireland and Britain. Like those islands love. And it's also that weird thing of here's the other thing that's weird is if you get really crispy chips with the pizza and you time it, so you'd put a fry on the pizza, eat that together. Phenomenal. So much so, one of the best pizzas in L.A., in my opinion, is from a place called Three Bean, and I always get the potato pizza. And in my head, I always go, how have they not figured out just have chips with pizza in this country? They figured yeah. out everything else. They put gravy <laughs> on everything here. What the fuck are they doing? <laughs> um, let us slowly and quietly transition into plugging all the things we have to plug. Uh -huh. Probably we will take some more tangents. And we will wrap up right on time. We will start sure. with our guest, Abigail. First of all, thank you so much for coming. She's currently thank typing you something. for having me. A resignation letter of some description. Yeah, what, I quit. I quit. What would That's you what like to? Uh, oh, plug. So the first thing I would like to plug, because I have two mm -hmm. things, if I may be so bold, is uh, I said earlier, I have my YouTube channel. I don't want to brag. I've been doing it for what will be a year in November. And I just passed, just passed 500 subscribers. Oh. So, yay! I'm practically viral. Call me Corona. What? Um, <laughs> What is this that I'm showing? What What is this right here? What is that? You made that. What is that? Is that a slice of cornbread in delicious chili? That is a slice of corn. So that is the first episode. I believe that's the first episode ever. And that is a slice of cornbread with a bean chili that I thought would take four hours. And Tom and I ate dinner at 1 a.m. that night because it took so fucking long to make. <gasps> so uh, when I say it's a cooking show, it's not always a this is how you will learn to cook it. It's more of you will watch Abigail figure out this is a lot harder than she thought it would be. <laughs> There's this a lot amazing. of that. Amazing. That's oh so but, good. What was so what turned out to be the hardest thing that you had to make? Um, so I'd say the bean chili, I guess, surprised me, but wasn't hard. Uh, hold on. I have to think about this. You know what I was really proud of because I literally never made it and haven't had it since I was like about 15 is I made a, it's gluten-free kids, a flourless chocolate cake with macadamia nuts. And... Um, it is the most beautiful and, and it had a, um, a rum on glaze with it. So like, Ooh. it's this like just rich as sin chocolate cake. And then mm. you serve it with some, uh, rum, rum on glazy. And, um, and the way I decorated it was I put, um, I put roses on it like my mom did, but you make rose leaves to put around it in white and dark chocolate and you put that all around it. So I taught myself how to like make rose leaves via. Ooh, that's very know. fun. And so it's probably the most prettiest and delicious thing I ever made. My boyfriend, uh, Tom, who you saw earlier said it was 
too rich and ate wagon wheels and I ate the whole damn cake by myself and it was the best time of my life. Oh he my ate days. wagon wheels? What a we, fucking English person. He has the Ooh. least sophisticated palate of anyone <laughs> you'd ever met. I mean, he loves the IHOP, so we get on there, but when we go into like more of a more of a complex flavoring, more of a a uh, you know something with a bit of adventure he's very against it i will tell uh, you he, i sorry go ahead i i just heard walking upstairs i feel like oh, he no. heard he was coming <laughs> down to defend himself um coming in a couple of things from the chat first of all my name is ruin i once made a demi-glace sauce off escoffier's cookbook oh yeah here he days. comes <laughs> three days Tom, answer for answer for your hold on, bring, him me, on. Let, bring him on. Yeah, let me hold on. All right. Tom, come here. Uh, uh I wanted to say, John, by the way, I John felt had, like I was I was an asshole starting plugs and raids this early. We are uh -huh. barely gonna finish on time. Like I yeah. guarantee <laughs> it's just not happening. Uh you you gotta take into account the fact that you didn't eat my flourless chocolate cake because you wanted wagon wheels. Quickly, we're supposed to end Atone in for your 12 sins. minutes. <laughs> yeah. So, Tom, Tom. Yes. Your your partner, nay, your lover, your friend, aw, uh, made a lovely flourless chocolate cake with rosies on it. And you, what did you say when you ate it? I didn't eat it. <laughs> what? You didn't even taste it? I tried it. It's too much. What? Too much. Too much of what? Fun? Everything. Love? Do, it's it's like eating chocolate. Keep keep talking. I've just got to look something up. I'm just looking something it? up. It's just really rich chocolate. Like, I don't know. I didn't like it. He ate wagon wheels. He ate wagon, wagon wheels because my my food is too much for him. Coming in from Yes Meatballs, uh, give him a jammy wagon wheel. It'll blow his mind. Jammy, you're, right. you're messing with it. It's just chocolate's fine. Don't add jam. So funny. That's so funny. You're like, no, it's fine. You don't need anything else. Um, Tom is what chocolate is like. Chocolate is already like nothing you add to chocolate will make chocolate better. That's insane. Peanut butter. You add peanut butter to chocolate. Chocolate is made better. I'm making Buckeyes for the show tomorrow. What are Buckeyes? I want to know what those are. Those sound amazing. Okay, so they're indigenous to Ohio, and they became uh, prevalent in the 1970s. And do you know what a Buckeye tree is? In, in Britain, you call them conkers. Yes? Conkers? Yeah, I know them as walnuts. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so a Buckeye... Chestnuts. Horse chestnuts. Uh, okay, but yeah. we, call them, we call them Buckeyes because they look like the buck of the eye. And it's our it's our national tree, our, our Ohio State. To get rid of my peanut butter. <laughs> what, did you do, what did you do to your peanut butter? Is it? No, I have all my ingredients like prepped. I have all my ingredients prepped, so I can just wake up and film an episode tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And Tom's like, "Show them your massive mound of peanut butter." It looks. It looks rough. <laughs> it is. <laughs> It is Actually, a it is a chocolate and peanut butter confectionery that looks like a buckeye or a conquer. That's as you call them over here. I also think, by the way, it's chocolate and peanut ones. butter. 
is Ashley, just because Ashley was sharing the link to Abigail's show, uh -huh. it's in the chat right now. So you were just distracted, so you didn't see the peanut butter, and then we got and then I saw the it. Greatest reaction ever, because you, because I knew you were doing, but because you were just focusing, you looked really pissed off at the peanut butter, and it was like you <laughs> fell in love with it. This is what it was. It was like this. Like you leave, I, really like, I really enjoyed it. Chunky uh, or smooth, uh, I, I honestly, Abigail, it sounds like your your chocolate cake was probably amazing because uh, my my mother used to make wedding cakes for a living. That was what she oh, did. Oh wow! Years. Okay. Yeah, um, so, so she know. and she was fully trained in chocolatiering. Uh, she was really, really um, high level of making cakes, and one of the biggest things that was said about her, uh, or that kind of. I want to call them muggles because I can't think of a better word, but <laughs> people who are not as well um, acquired to good taste, let's say, yeah. uh, would always say that it was too rich. Yeah, they're wrong. How's that okay. feel, Tom? Yeah. How's that feel? I don't care if you're wrong. <laughs> it doesn't make any difference to me what you think about I just This is why... <laughs> This is why the English as a group like, of human beings have gotten this far. Like my, this is the, this is the best thing. This is the greatest thing about the, this is the entire nation's perspective on anything where it's like, yeah, I heard your point. I don't care. How do you think there's no winning this argument? There's nothing. That's why Brexit well, happened. Well, we argue, like, I, I don't like something you do. It's completely... This is why... It was like my favorite cake as a child. My mother I know, it's the best. told me that like she was like, I hated that you loved it so much because she made it like one time for her friends and I had a slice of it. Like she was mm -hmm. showing off and it became my favorite cake. So I asked for it all the time. And she's like, it goddamn killed me. It was the hardest thing I've ever done. I don't, I hated that you loved it and I hated making it for you. So when I made it, it was like a big moment for me to like understand what went into it uh -huh. and how mm -hmm. difficult it was. And I was so excited to share it with my one true love. And he was just like, I'll have a wagon wheel. Oh, oh God. yeah, I gotta tell I you, honestly, right there, I can. That's empathize. why there's a fuel shortage. That's why there's a. That's why there's a fuel shortage. I want you. Yeah. To I get it. I get energy. it so much because uh, I I'm exactly the same with my mother's chocolate fudge cake, and uh, but more specifically, my mother made chocolate cake and she would make it with Italian meringue buttercream, and Italian meringue buttercream is just what the it fuck is, is that? buttery heaven tier. Yeah. Uh, oh, it's so good. Yeah. And it's but it's also really difficult to make. And she mm. has taught me how to make it, but I uh I haven't made it by myself yet. And so I kind of need to do a few more practice runs with her, I think. Um Holy but, oh, it's so shit. good. Also, Gareth was in the chat. Hello. Hey Gareth. Hi and Gareth. He, he said hello to you guys as well. Hello. And he's on the wagon wheel side, which is disappointing. disappointing That's because Gareth. you haven't had my cake, Gareth. Yeah, you haven't yeah. had my it's cake. Too rich like it. <laughs> You'd love it. Nor mine. I, rich. I made Gareth Wall a cake. I made him a cake, and he <gasps> didn't meet me to get it from me. So I ended up eating that cake. <laughs> <laughs> Why? What a horrible what friend. What the fuck is with the men of Take the British Isles getting delicious <laughs> cakes prepared, <laughs> and then? Just hucking them into the nothing. Uh -huh. If someone made me a cake, I would, even if it was like, it's a booger cake filled with human shit. Here's what I would do. I would, oh, okay. 
I'm gonna. I'm just Not gonna find the cake. The cake episode real quick, so you guys can see it. Is or Tom not just is Tom just in the background of the whole cake episode just eating wagon wheels? Because it's not <laughs> No, he's not. Uh uh Tom Tom does appear Tom does appear in a couple episodes. We made um Tom and I made uh uh, what did we make? We made Great pancakes, pancakes together, which which, we, we had to which and he made that because I kept uh, I basically kept uh, uh, forgetting to turn on my own camera, and so I I did the whole episode twice without oh, no. without no. having a camera on. So Tom, uh, so Tom agreed to do it with me, and then we did. Uh, in February, we decorated a cake, but we did not bake a cake um, for which was our pride cake. It was our LGBTQ plus cake because Tom, I don't know if you two know this. Tom came out as bisexual uh, this past year and yeah, and uh, and does drag. And so uh, so we dressed up all fancy and oh, uh, yeah. And uh, decorated a cake together. I did the, That's the awesome. two episodes were in drag. Say what? Me? Drag. Yeah, he did both in drag. He's wearing full heels, and I am in a house slippers, which you cannot see in the video. But I if love. you're like, wow, he's really tall. He's not that tall. He has <laughs> just discovered heels and is very excited about them. How are and your ankles looking as a result of discovering heels? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's... I mean, and your calves. Let's see those calves. <laughs> little up. Oh, looking good. Looking good. Well he defined. Thinks, okay, Ashley, you'll understand this. He thinks heels are easy to walk in because he has not left the house in them yet. He gets all dressed up and then sits on the sofa and watches television with me. Oh, he yeah. Hasn't it's been out very easy London. to wear them. To the bathroom and back. <laughs> He's gonna break his <laughs> his ankle the first time he leaves the I, flat, and then and I, I will never let him live years. That I'm gonna tell you this: <laughs> you guys seem like you've done lockdown very right, and that you just get mm -hmm. absolutely gorgeous and then just watch a bit of the old TV while mm -hmm. while having sweeties. Like this is just like I yeah, I was boiling is... meat and staring out a window. <laughs> Excellent propaganda you're telling everyone. I didn't. I, well, I mean, we we've really meandered through the world right now. I didn't get into the dark shit. Yeah, you don't get into the dark. Shit. They, they, okay, this is this is how beings. you make the leaves right here. And okay. So what, so what you do is you actually. Will I let you or you? Tell yeah. Us? Would you like <laughs> you? Just let the video play. I thought I forgot right. it's possible. Three. <laughs> We are going to call that done. Oh, and we are just going to pop this in the fridge. And so it's the same game with milk chocolate as it is white chocolate. Yeah, Production now it's value is on point. <laughs> oh, thank you. I filmed on my phone. Filmed on my phone. We I do the exact same thing that we did with the white chocolate that we're going to do with the milk chocolate. I don't know if you're really learning anything. I can't believe she did this for me. My mom Sorry, made me this cake for my 11th birthday. <laughs> I gotta call, I gotta send her a card. 
We are going to assemble the cake now, which is a very exciting moment. So I did put this in the refrigerator for, or the freezer for about 15 minutes just to take the temperature down a little bit. Just go around the edge. By the way, I've never made this before. Loosen the sides. Like I know what I'm doing. And then I have an eight inch cake. Pause. Abigailia, I'm going you need to get one of those the cake pans with the with the buckle that so you literally just yeah. undo oh, it. Yeah, spring yeah. Form. I have yeah. a spring form. I have a spring yeah. form, but it's in a heart shape. Uh and this but uh, it doesn't matter. Uh <laughs> why am I explaining this to you? What what <laughs> heart shaped cake did you make, cake. Tom, that he then ate a bunch of penguins instead of enjoying the heart shaped <laughs> cake? What did you make? In, oh no, the original pride cake was a heart shaped one, wasn't it? No, this was supposed to be heart shaped, but you have to cook this one in. I think you have to like boil it, like you have to submerge it in an inch of water to cook can, it. There was leaking or something that was an issue, like the paint, the uh, paint can, the, <laughs> the paint cake can. tin uh, was leaking or something. No, it didn't start. So I bought a springform cake pan off the internet to make this one in a heart shape, but it had gaps in it. And I was like, you have to, in order to cook this, you have to submerge it into an inch of water. And then like, it's kind of like yeah. a boiled cake. You know what I'm talking about, Ashley. So I, I did it in <laughs> this pan instead. And then, of course, as always, I released the episode and then my mother calls me and tells me how to do it correctly. Could we have talked about it beforehand? Yes. Do we ever? No. It's um, better this way. You should Then what you need to do is do season two is you and your mom doing it all together and her explaining where you've gone wrong. We did do one episode together when I was in town in June. We did a uh, we did a blueberry pie. And what you have to know about that, we did blueberry cream pie, which is my favorite pie, uh, is my mother is very stage fright. And she was incredibly nervous the whole time. So every time I ask her, I'm like, so why did you do it that way? She just goes, it's just the way you do it. Oh, my God. She was just like, I I was like, so how do you know when it's done? And she goes, when it's done. I'm like, okay, mom. And then she <laughs> she called me afterwards. She's like, I should have said this. I should have said that. Like, yeah. Oh, bless. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's watch the end of this. Okay. Before that, I'm just going to lay right there because it's going to make it easy to move it from one point to the other. And then we flip it. Oh. Okay. Oh, oh, See, I don't oh, my God. That's stuck. Cake. I know okay. what the fuck I'm doing. It. <laughs> It worked. It worked. You sound very confident. So I have, let me look at this. So I'm going to put it here on this is we're going to take a doily. Oh, this So what we're going to do is we're just going to lay it on the cake and we're going to find a pattern because it won't make a full on heart shape that we like. Take our icing sugar. Sprinkle it all over Did the cake. Work? I don't think that was a lot of that was a way. Or just one action. big swoop. Oh yeah. Huh? I think there's too much icing sugar on this side, so we'll just brush some away, like we're a like we're an archaeologist on a dig. Here oh, goes. Man. That countertop could really disappoint some some comedians. Oh, that didn't come out beautiful at all. (laughs) Oh, no. That's how my mom used to do it. it So so we're just going to dust it with some icing sugar. I am full crying right now. (laughs) 
wasn't even using a mic. 20 episodes of me just fucking it up. Oh my god, that's so funny. (laughs) I kind of like if you go to the very last moment, Um, you could probably see the the what it actually looks like. At the end, it turned out looking pretty good. Is this okay? Is, is this, this the no finished bake. product? No, this isn't the no bake cookies. Wait, oh are we at the no- Bite it off, pop it down in the middle. <gasps> oh, it's gorgeous. All right, now I get to take sexy pictures of the food. <laughs> okay, there we go. That's what it looks like. Oh, that looks like oh. All right, so we did it. We made it. It looks right. Let's try some. Here we go. Oh my god, your face. I really want this cake. It looks so Oh my good. god, I did it. I couldn't believe it came out okay. I Guys, it tastes like... just like mom made. I did it. Oh, I the did joy it. in your face. I made the cake. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for subscribing and uh, welcome to my new uh, subscribers. If you like this video, please tell your friends okay, and let me <laughs> that There's was probably so better be real like at the very end but that's also when it's like advertised yeah. and stuff but you get the idea of what the cake looks that like that cake looks so good guys go and check out Abigail's uh, YouTube channel just just like mom made yeah and yeah. I'll be uh, I'm doing the women in comedy festival next Sunday in Manchester October 10th at 3.15pm so if you, fancy a, if you fancy a matinee get into it anyway oh, yeah. sorry for causing you guys to run uh, over like four minutes but no that's okay totally that's fine. the link in the chat for that comedy festival gig as well um my instincts were right to go this early into plugs and raids also <laughs> yeah. i just want that chocolate cake now ashley mm-hmm. any plugs uh one plug i'm doing monkey barrel this saturday five o'clock show um come hang out come say hello that's it very good I'm yeah. doing Monkey Barrel at the end of November with Ashley Manning. It's an Edinburgh preview. Come see that show. I'm doing the Comedy Store in Los Angeles tonight with Jamali Maddox and tomorrow in San Diego at the La Jolla Comedy Store. I'll be at the Comedy Chateau and Flappers Comedy Club on Thursday. Friday, I'm having dinner with Anne Lady. Saturday, I'm doing something. I'm in Huntington Beach with some probably skinheads because there's a lot of them there. And then Sunday, I'll be back here for the entire Twitch stream. Ladies and gentlemen, Thank you for your time. Let's raid someone and then get the Let's fuck out of here. Raid someone. Um, Fox Comedy's on. Colt Cabana paleontologizing. Shall we have Abigail? Let's have Tom pick. What do you say, Ashley? Sure, Tom. Tom, which of those names would you like us to raid? If you don't know what that means, it means we're going to move our audience over to those shows. So paleontologizing, Colt Cabana, He's George Fox. Which one would you like? Uh, paleontologizing. I have no great shout. Great, great shout. Really nice. <laughs> great and the r- shout. Raid message. Dinosaurs. I would say the raid message is wagon wheel Tom. Wagon wheel Tom. Yeah. Wagon wheel Tom. Wagon that's, wheel Tom. Um, well, <laughs> it's your new okay. nickname, wagon wheel Tom. <laughs> wagon wheel Tom. Wagon wheel Tom. The raid um, is lined up, guys. Thank you so much. Tune in tomorrow night. Bye-bye. See you tomorrow. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Why isn't this working? Oh, did you press it? It's Penis into her vagina. That's all.
sexual intercourse. Some people call it having sex. So the man passes the sperm to the woman, and now his sperm is in.